You're listening to Hogwarts Radio, Muggledex Harry Potter podcast, bringing you the latest from around the Wizarding World. This is episode 166 for February 15th, 2015. Everyone and welcome to Hogwarts Radio. I am Terrence Kingston. I'm Axel Rose. I'm Marissa Reynolds. <laughs> he wishes he was Axel Rose. And <laughs> this is episode 166 Hi. of our Harry Potter podcast. You are not Axel Rose. Uh, can you prove? Yeah, that's the title. Can you prove that? <laughs> I uh, yeah, Axel Rose is like <laughs> he's like 100 years old right now. Isn't he? No, he. I mean, he. I. I am like Axel Rose reincarnated. I think. Oh, okay. okay. He's not dead yet, but I'm pretty sure. That... <laughs> How can you be reincarnated if you're not dead? It's the, world, the universe is mysterious, Terrence. I don't know all the answers. Oh, okay. Okay. I never pretended to. Yes, you did. <laughs> no. He's only fifty-three. Yeah, he he looks awful though. But like Steven Tyler, older? Like no, he's in his sixties. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Steven Tyler's only in his sixties. Yeah, he, he, I mean, he's, he looks pretty... I mean, that's what drugs and alcohol do to you after a certain amount of time. I mean, <laughs> what do you expect? Isn't he like 150 or something? Yeah, he's like 163. Wow. Almost as old as Dumbles, right? <laughs> and we're back this week for a, another week of Harry Potter podcasting. Kind of a, a starting off on a wrong note. <laughs> I don't know. What? No, no, it was a, I hit all the right notes there. Oh, okay, okay. I I was kind of curious if you did or I'm not. I have no backing band. I have little to work with, so oh, whatever. Oh, um, we're here to discuss a lot that's been going on over the past week. Pop Vital is releasing Harry Potter figurines finally for all of those collectibles out there. Uh, they're made by Funko, and they've struck a deal with Warner Brothers Consumer Products to produce a line of Harry Potter Pop Vinyl figurines. This immensely popular brand has already produced figurines uh, based on characters from Star Wars, the Marvel Universe, Game of Thrones, Walking Dead, uh, countless others. I mean, there's too many to name. And uh, there's going to be seven figures, seven figurines. going to be Harry, Ron, Hermione, Voldemort, Dumbledore, Hagrid, and Snape. So have uh, you guys? Uh, have you guys looked at these? What do you? What do you think? What are your first thoughts? Are you excited for them? No, I, I look. Look, I don't like playing this role all the time of being like the guy who doesn't like anything. But <laughs> I gotta say, like, I, I saw these at um, I saw the Star Wars ones and the Game of Thrones, and they look like just a way to make a cheap toy with a bit, with little with a little bit of material and then sell it for a good price. And I don't. And also at, at this, and like, also they're not really action figures. They don't really. Even if you wanted to do something with it, they don't really do anything. So they're just kind of there. And they, you just put them on a shelf and then forget about them. Well, yeah. But, I mean, they remind me of, like, Precious Moments kind of <laughs> fandom <laughs> style. I don't know. <laughs> That's a stretch. Um, probably more Cabbage Patch Kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think, that's what I think. Yeah, more. Pe- yeah, and where have those been? <laughs> who, uses the, who has those anymore? So, yeah, I agree with that. It's more of a, that kind of thing. But also, I mean... I don't know. It's just, what do you, again, you put it on a shelf and forget about it. It doesn't even look like it's, it, again, it looks like a, it's not even like it's a realistic version of that. Like if it was a realistic trio statue or something, that's kind of cool, that thing. But I mean, a cartoony 
thing that looks like a girl vaguely resembling Hermione doesn't really <laughs> really hold much um, weight for me, I guess. I, yeah, I think they really missed their opportunity, including Luna, because she would have fit in perfectly with these. Yeah, that 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 would make some a little bit of sense. Yeah. Why? Just because they're a little odd, and she's yeah. kind of odd. Yeah, I think it's one of those like, things that. Sorry, go. On. Oh, I was gonna say I like to think that she has character, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the eccentric part of her. It just it seems to fit in with these figures. You know, MTV described. Uh, I was on Facebook just browsing around whenever this news came out, and MTV described Voldemort as being cute in the article. Uh, no, he looks like a potato. He, he doesn't. Well, he okay. I have a problem with Voldemort being called cute, and this may be going off on a little bit of a tangent, but Voldemort is not cute. He's not a cute character. You know, no matter how precious you make him seem, I mean, he's. He's whenever it comes down to it, he's a murderer. They're they're calling him adorable, and it's just, he's a villain. No, he's. I mean, if what if they made like a Stalin or a Hitler figuring? Would they be adorable too? Well, they have. I mean, they have a lot of these. Like that. I see. I'm looking right now. They have a Loki one who's a villain. They have uh, Scar who's also a murderer. But it just to me, it's just irritating because they all look the exact same. Just with like, you can vaguely tell who they are by the little tiny accessories they add onto it. So it's like, like, like Lion King Scar. Yes, like Lion King Scar, and uh, for Vendetta dude, the guy from uh, Saw is on here. A lot, a lot of murderers on here. But um, it's just, it's just, it's the same stock default kind of figure, and then they just add on a little, little tiny outfit or a little, little, you know, some glasses or whatever, and that's it. So. I don't know. I mean, they're cool, but I mean, I don't. I'm guessing that these are mostly designed for kids. But I think it's one of those things that have that for some reason people have decided that they want to collect, like 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 Beanie Babies, like as if they're going to be valuable someday, right? Or as if they're hey, worthy Beanie of Babies it. are going to come back. No, they're not. They're not at all. <laughs> they're that bubble burst a long time ago. But um, did you guys hear that story a while ago where this family they sunk like a hundred thousand dollars into Beanie Babies, assuming they'd be worth much much more in the future, and they're going to use it for their col- their kids' college careers and all that kind of stuff. And now they're completely broke. Wow! Because they have no money. That's, that's <laughs> they have Rocky and Bullwinkle pop toys. Do, but it to me it's just one of those things. It's like again, like Beanie Babies, where it's just th- these are cool. They're hot. You know, you gotta get gotta get these, and they just don't do anything. I just I don't get it. Is it just another know. way to kind of? I mean, I know we've said this before, and I know that I'm kind of you know saying this. I, I say it a lot, but is this just? Another way to make money off the Harry Potter brand, of course. But they make money off every brand. I mean, I'm telling you, they have Christmas story ones. They have well, I know, uh, Friday, I... the thir- Friday the Thirteenth, Wally. They've got <laughs> right. I mean, everything. So it's like it's yeah. Of course, it's a way to make money. But I mean, I'd be curious who's getting the majority of the money though, if it's the company or WB or not. Yeah, that'd be that'd be interesting to know. Well, probably WB because they have to. They had to make a deal with WB to get these. Mm-hmm. Figurines made, and like they're most of them are super cute. I just, yeah, I'm. I don't agree that Voldemort's cute. I honestly think he looks like a potato. But <laughs> the Dumbledore. Some of these are like super cute. I'm just scrolling through on their page, and they have like the genie and Jack Sparrow. Yeah. They're adorable. But now, Dumbledore. Yeah. And what do you do with it, though? I just don't understand why. 
Well, look at it and say, oh, yeah. But I mean, is that worth like 20 bucks for a figure? I don't know. Well, I mean, it's just another collectible. I have one that's sitting on my desk at work still in its box. I haven't taken it out of its box, but it's of uh, Daryl from The Walking Dead um, since I'm a, you know, I'm pretty big Walking Dead fan. But uh, I mean, I guess the, the look, it, it's another collectible. It's another rep, uh, prop that we can have that we can add but, to our collection. And but it's another one of those things, though, that it's they're saying it's collectible, even though it's this mass produced thing. And then just one day, no one's going to it's like like Pokemon or Beanie Baby before it or Cabbage Pets kids. It's all of a sudden no one's going to want it anymore. And it's going to be really weird when that happens. But you're going to find it for know. like a quarter of yard sales. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's going to be one of those things. that's just like, why did I even buy this in the first place? Yeah. I don't know. Now I do I do like the Dumbledore and the Hagrid one. You know, Dumbledore. That's kind of got that Richard Richard Harris esque mm-hmm. style to it, where it has you know the long purple robes, the wizard hat, the you know right. the the white beard, the half moon spectacles. Well, to, me, to me, it was like when you were a kid, I wanted the most realistic action figure possible. Like I wanted one to look just like it did from the movie, or have some cool attachments that did cool stuff or whatever. So it's weird that they all, I don't know, to me it's weird that they all look the exact same almost, just with different little accessories. It's kind of like a Build-A-Bear thing, but with different little outfits and whatnot. So. The Hagrid. Some of the stuff they've done is pretty cute. Like, they, it's got his pink umbrella, and Ron's yeah. wand is broken on his. And yeah. I really like that they made Hagrid bigger than all the other ones, so that was kind of nice. Yeah, you know, I do like the little touches that they have, and that's that, that pretty cool. They're but. all in different poses, too. Mm-hmm. That's... Yeah, Snape is smiling. That's creepy. Yeah, I'm correct, I'm, I'm correct that, they, that they don't move, right? They don't actually. You can't move these things. Uh, I right? think the heads just bobble a little bit. Uh, Am I wrong about that? Maybe I should I open up I, my figurine. I have. I've only, yeah, I've only seen him in the box. Well, yeah, no, you got to keep him in the box. It's gonna be worth a lot of money. Oh, 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 that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sure the, money this the eyes on these things look creepy. They're just black dots. <laughs> Yeah, all of them are just black dots, and they're just, like, giant yeah. black dots. And If anybody watches Supernatural, you know, that's wrong. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. But the figures themselves are going to be going on sale beginning this July. Like I said, this will be fun for collectors. But any, I'm any... still holding out for the Pez. Oh, that's what it, that's, yeah, I was just wondering about that. We reported on that, God, it was a while ago. That they were releasing the Harry Potter Pez dispensers. I wish I had this kind of disposable income that I could just go and buy the the new pop vinyls that are coming out and get all all six of them or whatever, and then buy the new Pez dispensers. Uh, let me ask before we move on to the next story: is there is there one particular figurine out of these Harry Potter ones that you guys would like to get? If I had to pick one, I'd probably do Dumbledore. Dumbledore. I'd like Dumbledore and Hagrid. Those are the two that I would like yeah. to get. I don't. I don't know why you continually ask me these things. It's always going to be Ron. Yeah. yeah, that's that's true. All right, moving on. We have a confirmation of a Pottermore Patronus quiz happening. Years ago, fans may remember when Pottermore was an- was announced. A lot of Harry Potter fans were looking forward to a few things that had plagued their dreams and hopes since they cracked open the first book and walked through the Great Hall with Harry. Which house will I be sorted into? What was what will my Patronus be? Things, you know, things like that. But J.K. Rowling has revealed on Twitter that she's written the Pottermore Patronus quiz, and it's going to be available soon. Um, in a tweet from Slytherin or Slith Snitch, she was asked, um, "Is a Potter is a Patronus quiz for Pottermore ever going to be created? I would love to see one." And J.K. Rowling responded, "One." Uh, J.K. Rowling responded, I've written one and it won't be too long until you take it, until you can take it. 
we're working on it. So that I mean that's great because what a lot of people expected the Pottermore Patronus quiz to happen in book five. And which, they may still go back and put it back into book five. Well, yeah. it just wasn't released with book five. Yeah, but why? <laughs> why 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 go back and just keep adding stuff like that? Well, I figured that's what it was for. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I figured it could be a constant thing that she's always updating. It doesn't have to be just stuck there in time. H- have they released um, the Silver Doe chapter of Deathly Hallows yet? Does anybody know? I'm not sure if any Deathly Hallows has been released. Well, okay, let's let's, let's see. This is a very easy question, but what would your guys' Patronus be? I mean, Marissa, I know yours would be Ron, so I shouldn't even ask you. <laughs> <laughs> but Terrence, what, what would yours be if you had oh, to pick gosh. one? I don't know. If I, if I had to pick one and... Uh-huh. It, it was, was just some crazy like a lion or something like that. Well, no, even... no, you're exactly right. I was going to say a lion. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, yeah. I, I think I, I, would, I would peg you as like a, like a, like, I don't know. What's, what's a really placid animal? Like oh, a, thank um, you. Very placid animal. Yeah. Like a chipmunk. <laughs> <laughs> no, or, sir. Or, or a slightly hi- aren't placid. Okay, fine. Like a slightly hyper aggressive squirrel. Oh, you're talking about like uh like the freaking little squirrel slash chipmunk thing from Ice Age? Uh no. Oh, okay. I'm talking about like 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 a like a common uh brown squirrel. But you're just like a little bit a little bit a little bit more uh aggressive than that squirrel would be. A little bit angrier. No, no, sir. That's <laughs> no, no. No. And I my Patronus would be Axel Rose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I always wanted to, I always wanted because my favorite animal is an otter. I always thought an otter would be good. Because an otter like just kinda you know, they mind their own business, they eat their food, they break their clams and they, they build their little nests and they just they hang out, you know. Wasn't they, they that do... her, wasn't that Hermione's? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Marissa, what and would think... yours what would yours be? I don't know. I always thought mine would be something like a some kind of bird. Just because... I I would like to get out and explore the rest of the world and the actual travel part is the biggest hindrance so to, to have wings and just be able to go wherever. Mm-hmm. I always thought that'd be kind of cool. That's neat. But so you would use your bird Patronus to terrify me, I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that would be the first thing on the list. <laughs> I, I think my Patronus would be like a fox. You think yours would? Or? Yeah, yeah, I think oh, it would be a I fox. See, I can see a fox here. I mean, yeah. it's definitely fox. Foxes are what they're cunning. They're. Uh, I mean, they're 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 fast. So I don't know if that applies to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Grayson, then you could be a bear, and you guys could be Robin Hood and Little John. Oh man, <laughs> that's I mean, okay. Yeah, you'd be a fox, Terrence. You're a fox. Oh, great. And I'm a bear. <laughs> but like, I need I need to be a nicer. I can't be a grizzly bear or anything crazy. I gotta be like a like like a nice brown bear. But, or like was, there, or I could be really crazy. Like, was there ever a prehistoric bear that had like huge jaws, like those old sharks back in the day? Saber tooth bear. Yeah, saber tooth bear. <laughs> All right, now you just sound like you're crossing Power Rangers. Yeah. With the, I'm a, you know? a saber tooth bear dinosaur. <laughs> That's my purpose. <laughs> with wings. Oh, but, By the way, Deathly Hallows has not been released yet. Okay. Okay. On Pottermore. We're super up to date on. We Pottermore. are really up to date on Pottermore. Everything else is like it's up through to the Deathly Hollows book, but Deathly Hollows has not been released yet. And, and that concludes our uh, chapter more discussion this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
So yeah, I'm looking forward to, to learning what my actual Patronus will be. And I'm sure there's going to be a wide selection. You know, there's, you're not going to have, uh, because there's what millions of people on Pottermore right now, you're not going to have like a million people that get like the same thing. Oh, I'm a fox or, you know, oh, I'm a bear or, you know, things like that. They're all going to yeah. be creative animals because Joe said hers would, was what, a lynx? Or no. Lynx? Or no. uh, what was it? It was a... Uh, it was something... Not that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look it up while you guys talk, and I'll, I'll come up with it. I don't know how I feel about this Pottermore quiz, actually. Why is that? Because, well, so for the house, you have four distinct choices, period. But that's it. Right. For the Patronus, it's pretty much every species of every animal available. Like, you know, uh, Ron is not just a dog. He's specifically a Jack Russell Terrier. Yeah, and that's so true. It, there, there's so many like different things out there that... Terrence would be a pug. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to be really upset if it is like, you're a bird. Oh, uh, right. Not, okay? Yeah. What kind or, of bird? You're a robin like, or you're an owl. How much work is that going to be for her to do this? Oh, my God. Well, well that's, that's just it, though. Like, she's not going to put in that much work to classify every single type of yeah. animal out there. So it's I don't feel like it's going to be I mean, it's going to be as definitive as she can make it. Right. But if this was in real life, like uh, there's yeah. too many options. Her, her Patronus, by the way, is a pine marten. A pine martin. What the hell is a pine martin? It looks. It looks. Um. Like it looks like a land otter kind of. It's. It's weird. It's like a. Um. Let me see. I'll get the official definition for you here. Hold on. Um. Pine martin is. Hold on. I. I doesn't even say what it is. It looks like a little. It's. It's a really cute animal, but I don't really know what it is. It looks like a cross between a ferret, and okay. Let's see. It belongs to the mustelid, mustelid family, which also includes mink, otter, badger, wolverine, and weasel. It's about the size of a domestic cat. That's that's a pretty off, you know, weird animal. I think it's been one of those things where like we're all like stupid, like just generic, like a dog, cat, whatever. And then she's, like, oh, I'm a pine martin. I'm because I'm so much more unique than you guys. <laughs> so we're all be stupid animals, and she'll be something cool. But yeah, I, yeah. Well, there's a specific reason, though. Right? Didn't she say she, why? She, well, it was a Twitter answer. She just said, it's a Pine Martin. That's all it says. So I don't know. Maybe she did. But as far as I can see, it was just a, it's just a uh, response on Twitter. That's that's cool. I'm looking up this what this creature looks like. And it looks... Uh, it's like a ferret almost. Yeah, like, it's a bigger ferret. It is. It is. The cuter and face. They're, they're, they're indigenous to Europe, it looks like, because I don't think... Oh, it say, it says here. it's one of Britain's rarest mammals. Oh, okay, J.K. Rowling, way to think highly of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of the finest, rarest breeds yeah. from Britain. It says, in England, pine martins are extremely rare and long considered probably extinct. Uh, scat found at, at Kidland Forest in Northumberland in June 2010 may represent either a reconciliation from Scotland or a re relict population that has escaped notice previously. I'm going to change my answer. I'm going to be um, a dragon because I'm super awesome and I'm so cool that uh, no one could even imagine me. And I, I, can't even, I can't even really be real because I'm so cool. That's my, that's my new Patronus. That's, that's great. I'm a dragon. Just like J.K. So, cool. <laughs> MuggleNet did a post about this and it says it's got some fun and interesting points about the pine martins uh -huh. and it's about you know it's 
what you guys said about it being related to otters, which that's Hermione's. Right. Badgers, which is a symbol of Hufflepuff, and weasels, which is where the Weasley name came from. Mm-hmm. Um, and have you all read his Dark Materials? Uh, I have not, but I, I know that, that there's a that little like the, what's the thing? The spirit animal thing is. Yeah, it's like a daemon or demon or something. Yeah. And Lyra's, so the main character, hers is a Pine Martin. Yeah. And apparently they have a fondness for jam and peanut butter sandwiches. All right. <laughs> Sweet. Really? Thank you, MuggleNet. Yeah. <laughs> All righty, then. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, anyway, uh, the Pottermore Patronus quiz, uh, I'm looking forward to taking. I want to know what my... Patronus, my true Patronus is. And do you think people are going to embrace this like they embrace their house, or you know, no one embraced their house. Everyone's like, "This is wrong." No, I embraced, I embraced my house. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, because you got yeah, but most people didn't get what they wanted necessarily. Do, do you so think? Really well, good. I mean, let me go back to the question. Do you think that people are going to say, "Oh wow, yeah, you know what? That is my Patronus," or are they going to say, "No, I've identified with a." a a badger the entire my entire life. Well, I would I would say as you can tell from our answers that we didn't we haven't really thought about it that much. We don't have like definitively definitive answers that we have stuck to you because I mean mm-hmm. when you choose a house and the whole Harry Potter fandom it's pretty it's a pretty big deal and it's kind of like you you feel like you're that and you sort of take on that role. But I mean it, the whole Patronus thing I mean, no one's really thought of that in depth. I mean people have but at least we haven't thought of it that in depth. So I would assume that it wouldn't be as big of a deal if you got something you weren't expecting. You could probably I think I think it's kind of like a horoscope. You can see like you can see the your traits and all of all these different animals, so I don't think it would be that crazy. So, guys, speaking of Patronuses and beasts and fantastic beasts, <laughs> see what I did there? <laughs> um, <laughs> some fantastic beast casting news. Uh, rumors been circulating about an open casting call. They're false, guys. What? They're false. Don't get excited about it too. Yeah, they're false. I yeah. was not over in London for any yeah. kind of auditions. <laughs> they're totally false. No, recently sources informed MuggleNet of an open casting call for the part of Newt's commander that was uh, scheduled to be taking place in London very soon. But after requesting confirmation from Warner Brothers, it was discovered that the rumor that was provided was false. And uh, we're definitely looking forward to hearing, you know, casting information as it becomes available. But here we go. I mean, this is this is the time where, you know, production is going to be starting soon. Once they start casting people, you can have rumors flying all over the place. So it's it's very important I, to, to accurately report these things. Yeah, I thought it was weird that when it was assumed to be true that they had some they were doing like basically no name actors trying to get for the lead role that doesn't seem very that right to me <laughs> yeah sense. yeah i mean I, I imagine they already have somebody in mind they might even have an offer extended to that particular know. person um, that's even harder to keep under wraps and something like this but i mean i would i would say i don't know i, I yeah I, I i think there's no way that they're going to open cast uh, newt i mean cuz it's like it's different when you have child actors like you know Dana Radcliffe and everybody who, when they were kids, you got to find them in different ways because they're not a lot of kids are acting. But when you're when you're looking for an adult character, it's, there's a lot of different options, especially good good young British actors you can find if you're looking for a British dude. That would be so but, cool, though. I I would enjoy that. I would really like to see a a, a no name become it, our lead. It just it rare it rarely happens on movies anymore, right. especially big budget movies. There's no way that they're gonna they let their whole the success of their whole movie ride on. One dude, no one's ever heard of before. I don't know. What do you think, Marissa? Is there is there anybody in mind that 
you think they might be trying to get? Michael Harley. <laughs> no, no, they're not going to get Michael. <laughs> everyone's, everyone's also saying Benedict Cumberbatch. I'm like, you're yeah, crazy. <laughs> you know what? No, <laughs> no, no I don't want to see Benedict Cumberbatch as Newt's commander. I'd be totally okay with either one of those. Yeah, but there's no way. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think. Maybe. I, I don't want to see I, that I at all. I mean, I I really Why? do want to see a no-name actor because he's too big. He's too. He's already associated with so he's many too... roles. And and I want somebody, you know, I want somebody that's going to be locked in and typecasted for this for a long time. Like, yeah, you want to ruin someone's <laughs> career that they just started. <laughs> no. no, I mean, look, there's no such thing as a too big of an actor. I mean, unless they get like someone that doesn't fit the role at all, like they, they throw Sean Connery in there or something, then yeah, that wouldn't make any sense. Well, but, as long as it's not Sean Bean, because I'd really rather not see Newt Scamander die. Oh man, that'd be, yeah, <laughs> the first act they chop his head off, and it's just wow, it's a really grisly turn for uh, you know Harry Potter universe movie <laughs> that'd be sweet though um yeah i don't know they should make a, a game of thrones version of harry potter you know what, like would, they call, the, what would they call it game of houses or something i don't know like all the tna and all the uh all the, <laughs> <laughs> all the violence that'd be sweet i'd watch that oh gosh you put them in their 18 plus school it's like college <laughs> <laughs> hogwarts college for Something for, which has gone wild. Yeah, which has yeah. gone wild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, be sure to stay tuned to MuggleNet, and of course, we'll report it as uh, as casting news becomes available. And it's not going to be too much longer, I don't think. You know, they got to start production on this uh, this film pretty soon, I would imagine. Uh, when's it? When's the release date? Uh, November twenty sixteen. They got time. Yeah, a little a bit. A few more months. Uh, so as a follow-up to last week's discussion about Horcruxes and containers that we had uh, concerning the tweets about uh, J.K. Rowling, you know, her she she had answered that fan's question uh, regarding um, the container of the Horcrux saying it had to be completely destroyed, yada, yada. She had a couple of people respond to her, and uh, Marissa, what was uh, – there was another question that was asked, wasn't there, by about the ring? Yeah, so a uh, girl, her name is Hannah Anderson, that's at Hands Hands, I guess, um, on Twitter. She said, but what about the resurrection stone from the ring? That still worked even after its horcrux was destroyed. And this is after J.K. Rowling said, you know, it, the receptacle has to be destroyed beyond repair. So... J.K. Rowling responded to her and said, The crack in the stone was irreparable. Only Dumbledore could have extracted the soul fragment, but left the original charm intact. That's a that it seems like a uh, it seems like it's a cop out. You're gonna accuse yeah, you of copping yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It seems like, like it's did a she cop talk out to a answer. moth and the eagles came in? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he just flies off the top of the tower, yeah. That's what Dumbledore should have done. Yeah, or or it's just it's not a Look, every every fantasy series or every series about magic or whatever has its little cop out moments that you had to just kind of accept. So, I mean, I think J.K. Rowling has probably done a better job than almost every um, fantasy writer, I guess, of, of actually explaining logically her her decisions. But there's always going to be things that are a little bit silly. Yeah, but yeah, I, really I mean, was. I was I was pretty satisfied with what she said about Harry and his Horcrux, but. Mm -hmm. This one, I'm like, oh, of course, it was only Dumbledore. Yeah. Only Dumbledore but, could have extracted the soul fragment but left the original charm intact. I don't I don't buy that. 
Wait, why did he? Why did he want to leave the charm into? Uh, that... Because he wanted to use the resurrection stone. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. I'm just stupid. <laughs> no, but I mean, well, look, it's it's not really a combat though, because if you think about it, Dumbledore was the most powerful wizard of his time. So, I mean, if if Voldemort, I'm saying if Voldemort could put it in, while while I mean, probably unknowingly keeping the uh, the charm intact, then I'm assuming that Dumbledore could remove it while keeping the charm. Because I mean, those two aren't linked together. Well, I'm assuming that no, which Vol- makes me wonder. Like, the stone is cracked, so it's right. it's not like the whole stone anymore. Therefore, it's irre- like you can't put stones back together. So that's irreparable. That I get. So I'm wondering if you like break the stone more, like pulverize it up, hmm. would that mean that you have a whole bunch of resurrection stones? I would doubt it. I think it probably needs to be. I would think it needs to be mostly whole together. Yeah, as one whole. Yeah, I, I think the reason that Dumbledore will do it because he does it, he does it carefully and he does it you know without not being hasty. If it was like if it was Ron or Harry, they would just come up with a sword and just smash the hell out of it, and then it would be I mean it would be destroyed, but there but the resurrection aspect would be gone. So I think it just took a careful hand and Dumbledore lost his in the process. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's a question about the resurrection stone. I uh, of course, Voldemort didn't know that was the Resurrection Stone. I'm assuming he did. How does he not know? That, that's what I want to know. There has to be. He has to sense the magic in it, doesn't he? As powerful I mean, as also, Voldemort I mean, is, you would assume he'd be familiar uh, as a Grindelwald fan. I'm assuming with that legend. Yeah, but so, I don't think he put much stock in in legend or anything like that. Sure, but I mean, but I, I don't know. I mean, if it was me, I would assume. Well, why would he use this symbol if it there wasn't some kind of historical accuracy in the symbol well it's supposed to be part of slytherin too didn't he get it from his ancestors from the gaunts oh yeah no definitely but but i mean yeah i mean it has a historical connection but also i mean why would i I just don't know why he wouldn't i I don't know i mean maybe he just thought it was for the gaunts for slytherin heritage and it didn't make the connection that it could possibly be the resurrection stone well i don't think he believed in the deathly hallows well no he no he believed in the elder one well i mean he believed uh, well okay so he didn't know it was the elder one he just knew it was the all it was an all-powerful one well that's yeah because grindel not wait was it grindelwald that told him or olivander that told him about it grindelwald told him well, I mean, Ollivander told him, I think, the story and his, his ideas on it, but then Grindelwald is the one that told him that it was buried with Dumbledore, I assume. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, as far as I remember. But So he just knew about the wand. He didn't necessarily know about the other ones. But Right, but I mean, why? I mean, again, he's one of the smartest wizards out there. Why wouldn't he put those together? Well, if this thing exists, then the, it stands to reason those other two things also exist. Because I mean, he's—I uh, I mean, I'm assuming he's seen invisibility, invisibility cloaks. I'm assuming he know, he assumes that there's one that's more powerful than other ones. Right. I don't know. Maybe I, it's maybe the only thing he couldn't grasp was the whole resurrection thing because it just because he didn't because he's so afraid of death and doesn't want to die and just assumes that he's gonna he's trying to live forever, not trying to bring himself back in a shell of his former self. So maybe he wouldn't even care about that one. But I don't know. I mean, he he knew the he knew at least that it was the most powerful wand. You know, in the wizarding world, which I'm assuming he would put two and two together, that's the elder one. I, I don't know. I, I, the reason why, yeah, I, I want to go back to what you just said about the resurrection stone is the reason why that I don't think that he grasped the resurrection stone was because, well, in order to use that, I mean, you have to die. And, you know, and somebody, you know, turns it over and you're able 
to come back as a shell of your former self, but Voldemort didn't want to die. Well, I mean, you can you can use it before you die if you're the living person, but he's never had anyone he wanted to actually bring back to life. Right, so, exactly. Mean, you know, I I, th- I think it's just I think that. It, I think the reason he does that that wouldn't appeal to him is because, or he just wouldn't even just assume it doesn't even exist and doesn't even matter. Doesn't even matter is because it's a, it's something that like that 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 feeling of loss and the emotion of needing somebody back in your life who's passed away. That's such a human emotion. That's like one of the most human emotions anyone will ever experience. And he obviously cannot experience those kind of emotions. But doesn't the legend so, also say if you possess all three of them, you're the master of death? So yeah, but I, th- I think I think he. I think it was a combination. I think you're, I think you're right that he didn't really believe those stories, but I think when he started to believe them, he maybe only believed part of those stories that this wand was very powerful in the logical sense, not that it was a fairy tale where it connects all these things. Right. Because he sees, sees himself as a master of death, anyways, because he thinks there's no way anyone's going to get to all these, all the Horcruxes. So he assumes he's a master of death without the fairy story aspect of it. So how but delusional I mean, is does, he in his thinking? Well, it, well, I mean, does master of death though? I mean, does that really does that mean that you're going to live forever? Does that just mean that you? I, I, I don't know. I didn't assume it meant that you were, you couldn't die. I, I assume that it meant that you could – I mean, you okay, look at it like this. You have the invisibility cloak uh, to be able to hide from death. You have the wand to be able to prevent anybody from killing you, and you have the resurrection stone to take somebody back from death. Well, but so, I thought it was more of a ceremonial, like like you have master death, because like you said, you could do all those things, but you, but it doesn't mean that you're invincible. So there's, it's not really a realistic means for Voldemort to go to. He can't, he can't get all those things and then become the master of death because he would still, I assume, die, because he's still. I mean, like yes, you can hide, you, but you can't really hide from death. That's just a, I mean, it's just a, out, kind of an allegory. It's a, it's a metaphor, but I mean, he could, I'm assuming, prolong his life, but I don't think it would allow him to. I don't know. It's just it's That's, it's weird. It's yeah, a weird phrase. It is. It is. Joe kind of uh, she cleared the air with that, and uh, I mean that's that. Yeah, because I mean that's it. Yeah. And let's talk about it, since we just talked for another fifteen minutes about what. The- <laughs> <laughs> All over. All right. So that wraps up that uh, that last part to last week's discussion, and we have an email from uh, from a listener, Grayson. Go ahead and take that. All right. This email comes from Aaron over at the Wizard Cops podcast. He says, hi there. Love Hogwarts Radio. I listened to the Zero slash Hero slash slash Accessor- Accessorio. Is that what it was called? Yeah. Accessorio. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't going for that episode. So, um, Debate. And I don't think Luna got enough credit. In addition to being in all the key battles, if it weren't for her, Harry Potter wouldn't have been able to find, the, find Ravenclaw's diadem. So she helped essentially destroy a Horcrux. Plus, it was mentioned that Team Chosen One, I like that phrase, by the way, wouldn't have been able to figure out the Deathly Hallows without her, without her father, which was countered by the fact that Dumbledore might have told them about it in a clearer way. Knowing the general stance from Hogwarts Radio on Dumbledore, we can all agree he would never communicate anything clearly or effectively to them. Plus, he was dead when Hermione received his copy of Tales of Beetle the Bard, so he, didn't really, he couldn't really communicate anything. Um, I think Luna is a solid accessori- accessorio. <laughs> Flipendo. Um, second thing, <laughs> second thing. My friends at Wizard Cops podcast and I were chatting about and couldn't quite agree on. I'm not sure if I covered this. But, uh, how do you owls always? Fi- how do owls? How do you owls? How do owls always find whomever they're looking for to, to deliver letters? According to the HP wiki, they're just magic. Any ideas on a specific mechanic for this, or are they all just huffle Hufflepuffs, aka really good finders? Thanks, Aaron. Um, first of all, I want to say that I don't, I don't think we have a we have a unified stance on Dumbledore. I think Terrence is the one that hates Dumbledore so much. Well, yeah, <laughs> but everybody else is kind of unified. But that's, huh? 
I mean, we're all we're all unified in the fact that we, you know, he never communicated anything clearly to them. Well, but I mean, what kind of what kind of story do you have at that point? If he just tells them everything they need to know, what kind of what kind of characters do they develop into? They they develop into wiser characters because they know more information. Not wiser, no. They they more well informed, but not wiser. Look, I think their wisdom comes from their experiences yeah. and the things that they are able to able to like the, the things that they overcome in their quest. But your wisdom also comes from knowing all the information to be able to accurately make a, a clear decision. So. Think, you know, uh, wisdom doesn't come from just no, having information. You can see that in almost everybody in well, college. I, I mean, I know, <laughs> I know that, I know that, I know, and, and I, I knew you were going to go there with that. But yeah. I mean. It still it wouldn't have hurt if they would have known just a little bit more to help make their journey just that much more easier. Well, there's two points here. The first is that she helped them figure out where the diadem was. Sure. And then there's a separate point about them figuring out the Deathly Hollows through her father. Right. I... So, part of it, and like that's where Dumbledore comes in with the Deathly Hollows and with Xenophilius. That part. Maybe there could have been a little more information, but that was figured out. But then there's also the Ravenclaw's diadem, which they figured like they found it because of Luna, and that's why I think I was for her being either a hero or an accessorio. You know, but I, I, I think everybody else was saying that she was a zero. I, I think <laughs> I, that, I was not on that episode, so I don't know. <laughs> this one was with Pallet and Jim. Yeah, uh, it, okay, was. it was. It was. I think that um, Aaron does have a good point here that Luna is an accessory because she's not quite to that hero status, even though she's on Team Chosen One. Or I mean, I guess she's on <laughs> Team Chosen One. I don't know. She's in the she's in Dumbledore's army, so yeah. um, I, I think she is an accessory. Um, I don't know what I had said. I might have said she was a zero or something like that or a hero. But she she's, was worthless. <laughs> <laughs> she's not quite a hero. Obviously, she wasn't worthless. Um, yeah. So she, you know, she was a good accessory to to give information to Harry. You know, right. say, "Oh, did you think about this? Did you ask Grey Lady? Did you do this?" You know, just to kind of get the yeah. wheels in Harry's head spinning. Oh yeah, duh. There's a you know the Grey Lady. So. See, I, I think you were talking about wisdom. I think this is part of Dumbledore's wisdom. He knows that he doesn't have all the answers, and he might have all the answers. He doesn't know though. But he knows that Harry and the trio overall can get these answers, pieces of the, of the answers along the way from everyone else. Because Dumbledore doesn't know everything. He, at least he assumes he doesn't know everything. So other people can give information that maybe he couldn't or explain it in a way better than he could. So I think it's pretty wise, actually. I don't think it's very... Uh, I don't know. I don't, think, I, don't, I, don't think, I, I don't know. I don't have this anti-Dumbledore stance that maybe Terrence does. But <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think he was pretty shady, but I also like to believe that he had some kind of, um, oh, what's it called? Contingency plan for yeah. if they didn't find out all of this stuff at the right time, surely someone, surely someone would have told him. Oh, Snape, on. at least. I don't think Snape so. knew everything. I know. So, well, Snape knew everything, but he didn't tell Harry until like the very last minute. It's not like he had much time to well, cause sit you, there and discuss. It. And it's not like he wasn't he, supposed to. The hero has to do it on his own, you know. And like, and they also, I mean, Snape couldn't have. How was Snape going to tell him without any, anyone finding out? I mean, this is the magical world again. How was he going to tell Harry uh, portraits, without anyone finding portraits. out? Portraits. He could have used uh, Phineas Nagellus's portrait. That's how he knew he was what? in the forest of Dean to send the damn doe after him. Right, but what else was he going to tell him through like you got you got to remember that Hogwarts is under control of Voldemort at this point. So how is he going to tell him all this information that he showed him in the Patronus? Uh, I mean the in the um <clears throat> sorry, in the uh, in his memories with um 
with with a the portrait that is again under the control of Voldemort. How is he gonna do that? No, Snipe's headmaster and the portrait's in the headmaster's office. Right, but I mean, right. but you gotta remember though, there's ears all over that place, and and Phineas Nagellus is not necessarily the most uh you know trustworthy portrait in that whole area, and he all has deep ties to Slytherin and probably to and to the cause of Voldemort. You're, so, I mean, you're right. Very no, you're right because you know. One minor slip up, and you know, and the Snape whole thing is messed up. Right, yeah. Snape could have been out of there a hell of a lot sooner. Yeah, exactly. So. And he could have he could have been dead a lot sooner, and couldn't have shown Harry all his memories. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I think I think it, so look like I said earlier, some things you have to just accept with with a fantasy kind of story, but also like in in just the grand scheme of the overall myth of the hero's journey and the hero story you just you can't like it just can't all be told up front you got i mean there's certain things about fiction you got to just accept it like you can't Dumbledore just couldn't have told them all up front cuz then there's no story then it's just okay they do things Dumbledore says list them you know, point by point they get that done and then they and then they just defeat Voldemort and that's like it's not it's not there's no there's no personal growth or personal journey or intrigue there yeah but you don't know that well and honestly how much how much did like of a role did the actual Hollows play in the? It was a diversion, destruction? really. Destruction. Yeah, like in the destruction of Voldemort, it was. Um, Dumbledore basically told Harry, "Hey, uh, seven's a pretty powerful number, and he likes all of these pretty historical things. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, there's such a thing as a Horcrux. So he gave him all the information for that. I think it was just, it's the Hollows that trip everybody up, but they didn't play just a huge significant role mm-hmm. in the destruction of Voldemort, except for the part about the, re- the resurrection stone in the woods. But that was just more of a comfort than anything else. Like Harry had already decided what he was going to do with that. Yeah. It was more of a, just a, like I said, like a diversion or a distraction from what you're supposed to be doing. But yeah, I mean, it just, because, like you said, Dumbledore told him all the information he needed. But even when he's telling them information, he was saying, as far as uh, the best guess I have is this is happening, this is happening. It just ha- happens that his guesses are pretty accurate. But he's, he doesn't know 100%. So he, there's nothing he can really tell Harry that he didn't already tell him with, with 100% certainty. I, I don't know. I mean, as soon as he was of an age that, like, I mean, like, again, he, he has just come into this whole new world in in Hogwarts and he just had, he's getting his feet wet in his first couple of years and then you're going to dump on him that all this stuff about Voldemort and all this you got I mean you got to let him learn something about magic first I mean there's no way to Well yeah I mean you know let him learn but tell him certain things in certain stages you know don't don't tell him okay I I was a firm believer if he should have told them everything all at once no as I sat down thought about it more and more over the past couple of years you know since I've had time for the entire series just to kind of soak in and I was talking about this over the course of 160 some odd episodes. I think that Dumbledore should have just told them in stages, like, "Hey, you, you're ready for this. So I'm going to tell you this, and then later on, I'm going to tell you this." Instead of just cramming it all into like kind of one year. A no, but, he, but he did that though. I mean, like think about, like think about it. I mean, at the end of the first year, he told him certain things about his scar and about um, the the power his mother gave him, that kind of stuff. And and he told him things over. I mean, over the course of it, like, at the end of, every, end of every year, he would tell him something. But he would say. But, but the thing about Dumbledore that bothers me is like, I'm going to tell you everything, Harry. I'm going to tell you everything. He he said that in book five, and I was like, great. But what, did, what did he not? I mean, but what did he not really tell? I mean, he didn't tell him about Snape, but he couldn't tell him about Snape. That's the only thing he didn't tell him. I mean, he he told he told him he told him all about essentially. I mean, he told him almost everything. I mean, I, like except for, except for Voldemort's background, which he didn't have information on yet, and that's why I told him the next year. But he told him everything about Harry and the prophecy, and about 
you know, Harry, Harry's going to do in the future and that kind of stuff. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. All right. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, you, you've always been like you've always been of I, the uh, like the the whole like um, Dumbledore raised Harry as a pick for slaughter type of. Well, that yeah. Camp, well, I mean, but. one of these days, I'm actually going to sit down and write a write an article about this because about why I why I feel so passionately against Dumbledore. Um, you know, I, he's a good character to have. Don't get me wrong. He's a very very wise um, wizard, and he knew magic very well. Yes, he was flawed. I don't expect him to be this most perfect. You know, mm-hmm. some odd wizard that that's just going to have all the answers to everything. Yeah, of course he's going to be flawed. He's human. You know, humans, all humans are flawed. So um, one of these days, I'm just going to sit down and, and kind of highlight why I don't, uh, why I just don't, I don't think Dumbledore's as great as people think he is. I I think I think he's as great as he could have been. With, like you said, with all his flaws and his background, and I think he was he was as great of a wizard as he could have been, and. I don't know. It's it, he's look. He's not he's not perfect. He's not like a like people compare him to Gandalf a lot, but I don't really see that connection because I think Gandalf is a lot more perfect. And, I think it's just the um, beard on that one. <laughs> yeah, I think so, but the, the wiseness and the magic. But, right, but I, right. I just I don't I don't see that connection because I think Gandalf is much more of a perfect a perfect character. I mean, he does have his his well, not think, he doesn't have any issues. He just has certain. I, I think know, Gandalf's like more of a, think. more more wise. Than Dumbledore is, and he's but he, more he, open he, to he doesn't he, he doesn't mess up very often. I mean, even when you think he's going to die, it's like he he ends up pulling it out at the end, and he becomes this larger than life, like almost Jesus esque figure. And it's very, you know, it's it's it, he doesn't really have many, many problems going for, going on for him, and he always seems to pull kind of pull it out. Like Marissa was saying, you whistle, and then the you know whatever. Right. I mean, you see the the moth go by, and then you get the uh, the eagles coming to save your ass, but. Yeah, I don't see the connection. But Dumbledore is a human. I mean, he, he again. I think he did the best with what he could do. I mean, he told Harry almost everything he could have told him, without endanger, endangering him or without causing him to really get screwed up with too, like, too much information that he didn't need to be screwed up with. I love Dumbledore. <laughs> <laughs> so the rest of that email was asking about um, how do owls always find whomever they're looking for to deliver letters. This has always been somewhat of a interesting debate in our fandom, and I think people forget that carrier pigeons were a real thing. Oh yeah, and they're not even magical. So <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I think it's. Um, I mean, but the, I, I think carrier pigeons they kind of go through. I guess like, training. I mean, and uh, I mean, I guess is what you call it. So it's it, there's a little more. Um, goes on with it, but I mean, I'm assuming that owls go through something too for that. But may, I think that maybe they just inherently know what to do. But again, like like, like you said, carrier pigeons are a real thing, and pigeons are. I actually looked at a list um, a couple of days ago that the, the 25 most intelligent animals on Earth, and pigeons were on that list. But then way ahead of them were owls. So if a pigeon can do it, an owl should have no problem, especially with the power of magic on their side. Well, yeah, that's that's what I want to. That's what I want to say is is do you think they they're just wild owls and wizards capture them and you know magic them to say hey that would be interesting i don't know it's kind of a no i think they're domesticated to some point mm-hmm. i mean what would yeah. a, what a magical okay so you have like but that opens up like this whole new can of worms like okay if you have a magical owl who does it with a non-magical owl what do you <laughs> call a, a malgal or well i'm assuming know? they have like owl mills kind of thing so that doesn't happen too often but yeah but whenever <laughs> I, don't you're, I don't know you know whenever they're flying to like i, I would just, i would assume this i would assume that all owls are magical inherently i think just but just like humans like you see in certain owls some owls are 
not as magical and not as smart as the other owls. Like like um or they're just too old or whatever, like right, arrow kind right. of thing. Yeah, so so I mean you got certain owls that probably aren't as magical, but I would assume that all owls are I mean, because you can't really how can you have an owl who is magical and the one who isn't magical? It doesn't really make any sense. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, I, I doubt there's any squib owls. I think it's just kind of an ancient. They have an ancient magic, inherent magic that animals like that have, and their majesty and that kind of thing. So all those flowery poetry kind of things. Yeah, and I don't. I honestly don't see a problem in saying, "Oh, it's because of magic." Considering this is a wizarding world, there are some things that you're not going to be able to explain because it is magic. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like 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 I, like I was saying earlier, just certain things you got to just kind of roll with. But I but I think that this is a pretty plausible thing. And like like Marissa was saying, carrier pigeons are a thing, and those are just straight up human. I mean, like you know, human, but they're straight up um, in the human world. They're not in any kind of magical elements to them. So if you add magic into it, I'm, an owl could do that pretty easily. If a pigeon can do it on its own in the human world. So I mean, I mean thestrals are the same way. And people mm-hmm. forget about those too, and they don't really question those as much as they do owls but i, th- I think i think because they're not they're not a real um a real creature so it's like you, you, have, you have you've never seen a thestral in real life obviously so but an owl you have never seen an owl deliver a letter in real life so it's kind of like well, how do they do that just magic but we never actually trained owls to do that though so <laughs> i'm sure they could <laughs> but, I mean, but they, they, they couldn't though you know like, like sometimes the owls will go They'll find someone in midair. They just always seem to inherently know, or, or they knew that Harry Dumbledore knew that Harry moved to the, you know, to the upper bedroom, or like stuff like that. That just maybe they wouldn't. A, a carrier pigeon obviously wouldn't be able to do, but an owl could do. So. Well, yeah. I was just making the connection between like the owls and the thestrals. Like people yeah. look at the thestrals and say, "Oh, it's magic," but why couldn't owls be just considered magic? I, well, I I'm with you on the fact that, you know, all owls are magical. It's just something that they're born with that's in their DNA. We just don't know that because we've never used it for that. Yeah, like I said, I think that the reason that people question owls and not thestrals is because a thestral is obviously a a made-up creature, just like you don't question a dragon doing something like that. But an owl, we see owls you know fairly fairly regularly we know of owls we've we've encountered owls before so it's it's a it's a bigger leap to think that an owl could do these magical things it's not a big leap to think oh a dragon can breathe fire it can fly it can it has these magical properties its scales do this and its blood does that that you know or thestral same kind of thing but with an owl it's just like well you know it just doesn't like like same thing if there was a you know it's a bigger leap if there's like some kind of magical like 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 a cat can do something magical in the Harry Potter world. It's a bigger leap because it's like, well, we've seen cats that don't do magical things. So, right, right. You know. But again, I think, it's, I, think the, I think the animals in the Harry Potter universe have this kind of inherent ancient magic that's been there since, since they existed. So I just looked up on the uh, Harry Potter wiki, uh-huh. and it actually says owls must be trained to carry letters. Hey. Owls have a natural affinity to magic, unlike pigs, which are not thoroughly non-magical. They're thoroughly and- non-magical? Apparently pigs are, yes. Wow. So what does that mean for the desk pig? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Aloha Mora, there's your challenge. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but are the, it says um, owls have a natural affinity to magic and are thus able to locate the recipient of a letter without an address. Because owls are able to locate any witch or wizard for whom a letter is, to, is addressed, this who... Those who do not wish to be contacted must cast a repelling, disguising, or masking spell of which a variety exists. So, so I mean, there's a whole section on the Harry Potter wiki about it. So oh, wow. what you're saying, Marissa, is basically we just nailed it and just got the exact right answers. <laughs> Mic drop. Yeah. So, Artist Radio. Boom. what we do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 
Thanks for the email, Aaron. And next we have a discussion. Believe it or not, we have a main discussion this week. Um, and I wanted to talk about first impressions. This is a new series that we're going to be starting in. It's, it's an all-new segment featuring our first thoughts of particular characters as we read through the series. This week, we're going to be discussing three characters, and I think we might, you know, we might stick to three or four, maybe two, or if it's a big enough character, even one. Um, so this week, we're featuring Albus Dumbledore, Hagrid, and Draco Malfoy. So whenever Dumbledore, whenever we first heard right. of Dumbledore, um, the, the, the first bit that describes him goes, nothing like this man had ever been seen on Privet Drive. He was tall, thin, and very old, judging by the silver judging by the silver of his hair and beard, which were both long enough to tuck into his belt. He, wore, he was wearing long robes, a purple cloak that swept the ground, and high-heeled buckled boots. His blue eyes were light, bright, and sparkling beyond half-moon spectacles, and his nose was very long and crooked, as though it had been broken at least twice. This man's name was Albus Dumbledore. Um, first impressions of Dumbledore as we were reading these first few pages of Sorcerer's Stone. What did you guys think? Um, I thought, I think I said earlier, I was like maybe seven or eight when I read this for the first time. I, th I thought Merlin almost instantly, which, um, cause I mean, just like the, like the long nose and the, the spectacles and the blue eyes. I just, I don't know. And the purple robes or what I think it's, I think it's a purple. Yeah. Um, I thought of Merlin pretty instantly. Which I which is actually interesting because a little later in the in the Sorcerer's Stone they talk about the trading cards and how they have how Ron has all these Merlin cards and all that. I thought that's pretty interesting. But yeah, yeah. Merlin is what I thought. Yeah, Merlin is is kind of what I pictured, um, mm -hmm. especially with the you know the the tall hat and and the know. long the long silver hair and the beard and like the it beard. just it's, it's all Merlin right you know right it, it, I mean yeah it basically has Mer Merlin written all over him. Um, yeah. What uh, what were okay? So so now that we have his appearance, I mean that's that's all we really have right here is just his appearance. What would you think he was like? You know, would you think he had the same demeanor or and and kind of uh, attitude as Merlin, as Merlin has been portrayed in? Uh, Merlin's things. pretty stoic. I don't. I mean, from this par from this paragraph, it doesn't really give any indication. But I, I didn't, I didn't feel like he was gonna be that way. I thought he was gonna be more not kind, but I just thought he was gonna be more of a normal thing. Like Merlin is very. I mean, it depends on which. If you watch, you know, Sword in the Stone, he's very crazy and goofy. But if you right. watch, um, if you read any of the old tales, or if you actually watch anything that's a more, I guess, realistic quote unquote interpretation, then it's a little bit more. He's a little bit more stoic and kind of all powerful. And I don't really get that impression from this. Marissa, what do you think? Well, I'm trying to go back to being nine years old. All right, you're nine years old. <laughs> you have a, you have. A, you have a plate of cookies in your hand, and you're, you're, <laughs> I don't know what you'd be doing. <laughs> um, but, I mean, this was like... The Backstreet Boys are on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I kind of, I'm kind of along with you all. I just pictured a, your classic wizard that was walking up, and I was thinking more he was going to be kind of the... Kind of like a grandfather figure to Harry, someone that Harry could like look up to and learn from, and 
not necessarily a parental figure, but someone that he could trust in. And that's, I mean, that's really all I had was this is going to be a main character and it's going to be that someone that Harry has a very close relationship with. Did, did we think wise at all as we were reading through the first chapter? You know, he had that, I, I think, he had that uh, conversation with McGonagall. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, I think also just you think wizard, which ma- magic, and then you think age and that's a sense of intelligence and, you know, experience. Yeah, I thought, I thought wise. I think yeah. it's pretty, pretty clear in his appearance. I mean, is there at any point that we thought, eh, this guy, he seems kind of shady. He doesn't really... Not at all. Doesn't no. really flip the bill. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because, I mean, cause, I mean there, there's, no, there's no, in the language that she's using, there's no, like, malice or anything that really sinister about him. He's just, he's just a, a guy who seems like, again, like Marissa was saying, a like grandfather-type looking dude walking down the street. So, I mean, yeah. Uh, the next character that we have is Hagrid, and uh, the first instance we're hearing of him goes, If the motorcycle was huge, it was nothing to the man sitting astride it. He was almost twice as tall as a normal man and at least five times as wide. He looked simply too big to be allowed and so wild, long tangles of bushy black hair, and his beard hid most of his face. He had, he had hands the size of trash can lids, and his feet... In their leather boots were like baby dolphins. In his vast, muscular arms, he was holding a bundle of blankets. First impressions of Hagrid. Well, first of all, I called him Haggard when I was first <laughs> reading the books. Haggard! <laughs> Grop over there. <laughs> like, that's what I was thinking. It wasn't Hagrid, it was Haggard. Huh. And I just... I mean, obviously, that's that's definitely what his appearance looks like. Is Hagrid? <laughs> so. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's like that. This appearance. I mean, that was what I called him and what he looked like to yeah. me. Yeah, I never even thought about Hagrid and Hagrid before. That's 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 so obvious. Right? I never even thought of it before in my life. That's interesting. Yeah. And doesn't the name itself just Hagrid just kind of give you that gruff kind of feel? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's just a, it's a very. It reminds me of. Um, Game of Game of Thrones, like a uh, what's the guy's name that uh, Hodor? Oh yeah, Hodor. Hodor. Yeah, it's just a, it's, it's a very it's a very like simplistic but uh mytholo- mytholo- mythological name kind of. It's just like a very like like I, f- I picture like an old um I don't know kind of like a Beowulf sort of thing. So, but like like a stupid character in Beowulf. <laughs> I pictured kind of like the sidekick because we meet him after we meet Dumbledore, and so I thought he was kind of. The guy that does Dumbledore's grunt work, uh, the almost like the bodyguard type that runs all the errands and it stands menacingly behind him, yeah. kind of thing. So, which is true and not true. I mean, he does run all the errands, but he's not as mean as I thought he was going to be. I thought he was going to be like a bouncer in a club or something. <laughs> yeah. you know? According to J.K. I... Rowling, the name Hagrid crum- comes from the old English word Hagridden. Which means to have a, a nightmarish night, particularly when hungover. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that makes sense. So it kind of fits um, Hagrid a little bit. Yeah, I, I was I was glad that because a lot of books you read and there's no differentiation between the dialogue from everybody. So like, there's no. And there's a word for it. I'm an English major. I should know this, but the the fact that they 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 she puts a dialect in the exact uh, way that should be read and the way, exact way he's speaking, you know. And there's a word for it. I can't remember what it is. But 
God, what is it? It's the same thing, same thing in Huck Finn with you know with the southern the southern accents. But I, I like that because a lot of times you read books and it's every character's dialogue looks the exact same, so you, they sound start sounding the exact same. Right. But automatically, there's this kind of diversity in the book where this guy who talks like he's like he barely made it past the third grade, which he I guess he sort of didn't. But <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of refreshing, I guess, because it's, it's it's a really old school um, tactic, but. It's cool to use in a contemporary book. This guy kind of freaked me out whenever I first was reading about him because it's like, oh crap, this guy's here to whip some ass, you know? That's what I thought. <laughs> I thought he was this kind of this this gruff kind of figure that'd be like, you know, I'm a giant, and yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, kind of like because giants in in they're portrayed as giant. They're portrayed as giant creatures. <laughs> no, hang on. They're portrayed the as like kind of mean. Giants. The, I mean, like the whenever I think giants, whenever I thought giant, I immediately because I've I've read of a lot of um, a lot of old literature, and I thought the uh, the Odyssey, whenever they were uh, uh, with the whole Cyclops. Um, I can't. Right. I can't even think right, right now. Oh my god! Um, with Cyclops, Cyclops there, and they, they're trapped, trapped in Cyclops' cave on the, on the right, island. Right. Exactly. They, 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 yeah, they poke his eye out and all that. Exactly. That's and and that's kind of like what I saw as Hagrid. Um, so I mean, I, I I never would have I imagined that he was gentle or anything like that. I just I don't know. Well, I, I think it's always been the cool thing about Harry Potter is that it takes these sort of these mythological traditions and mythological kind of characters. And then puts a, a like a contemporary and more human spin on him. Like Dumbledore, like I said, Merlin, but Merlin wasn't was not really human. He was kind of a bigger than life kind of thing. But she puts this, you know, these kind eyes and this this you know different perspective on a Merlin esque character, and she makes this giant who looks huge but isn't isn't mean, but he can be that kind of thing. So it's a makes him very like empathetic and relatable. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. More three dimensional than. You you get in the old mythological tales like like again like you said the Cy- the Cyclops is just it's just a huge monster who just does this and almost everything in the in the in the ancient mythology is more of a these things are what they are and there's nothing different about them you know would so. would we have thought different of Hagrid whenever we realized that he let's say he was smarter would we have thought different he's a genius yeah because yeah, I, exactly. I think it I. Oh, because then his whole role changes. I mean, he 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 can be part of the plan. He can be part of the, um, part of the big secrets, that kind of thing. But you know, as far as his normal role, he can't really be trusted with those kind of things. And also, he just he's kind of more the muscle, the whole thing. Like Marissa saying, a bouncer kind of dude. He just kind of provides the the needed muscle, but he's not. I mean, his whole entire his whole role would change. So I guess his character would change, but. He can still be nice, but I guess there wouldn't be that kind of. He's he's like a he reminds me of like a loyal dog kind of thing. Like he's like he's so protective and you know he's resourceful and all that kind of stuff. But he's not particularly smart. Let's move on to Draco Malfoy. And the first instance where we hear of Draco, um, it goes in the back of the shop. A boy with pale with a pale pointed face was standing on a footstool, while a second witch pinned up his long black robes. Madame Malkin stood. Harry on a stool next to him slipped a long robe over his head and began to pin it to the right length. Hello, said the boy. Hogwarts too. Yes, said Harry. <laughs> you got to do the accent. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I have to. I have to. Hello. Hogwarts too, eh? <laughs> hey, governor. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> I can't continue. <laughs> 
He says, um, <laughs> no, no, I can't do it in the accent. <laughs> My father's next door buying books and mother's up the street looking at wands, said the boy. He had a, he had a bored, drawing voice. Then I'm going to drag them off to look at racing brooms. I don't see why first years can't have their own. I think I'll bully father into getting me one and I'll smuggle it in somehow. All right. So first impression of Draco Malfoy. Go. I mean, she obviously makes him very unlikable because the things he's saying, one, but also his appearance. I mean, it's weird that I mean, because Draco starts off to me as a guy who we're talking about all the three-dimensional characters before Dumbledore and Hagrid, but Draco to me starts off really one-dimensional and kind of boring. Like he's just he's a he's a bad kid and he does bad kid things. But later that changes. But at first he up front he's just he he is a little little bastard and that's about it. So. <laughs> yeah, I know this movie didn't come out until much later, but he's to me he was a Regina George character. Yeah. Like always gets what he wants and well, actually a better comparison since we had just met him just before this was he's a wizard version of a Dudley. Like yeah, this exactly, kid exactly, is yeah. not gonna get along with Harry because he is privileged and snooty and gets what he wants and Harry seems to be much more down to earth and you know, he's had to fight for whatever he does have and yeah, they were not gonna get along. Yeah, for sure. I mean like like she automatically just throws out all of his character traits, like like she says my basically his parents are next door buying things, buying the things for him, so he doesn't have to go do it himself. And then he's gonna make them go look at racing brooms. Maybe and they want to save time. Bully them. Yeah, and then he's gonna bully them into into buying him one. Which so and all these things he's saying with, you know, I guess an aura of certainty like it's gonna happen. So I don't I, I don't know. Um I, I okay, out of this, yeah, you could tell that he's gonna be kind of Wow, this is this is okay. This will be one of the characters that we're hearing about. And okay, yeah, fine. But I don't. I didn't really get a negative kind of vibe from him yet. What? <laughs> as I as I read this first part about Draco, I did not. He, I did. I did not get a negative vibe from him. My father's next door buying my books, and mother's up the street looking at wands. He had okay, a bored, drawling voice. <laughs> well, I know, but. Maybe he sounded like Drew P or something like that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't. You know he didn't. No, I'm I mean, serious. Like, oh, come on. But you think the pale pointed face that that automatically indicates to me that he is snooty because point like pointed to me indicates kind of a pointed upturned nose a bit. <laughs> Maybe he was sick. I don't know. <laughs> very, very angular. Also, like he's a, he's very just like severe in his face. I mean, I don't know. It, it he's going to bully his father yeah. and <laughs> smuggle things into school. Yeah, bully and smuggle are two pretty big buzzwords for being a douchebag. <laughs> I can't wait till we talk about Ron. Oh, no, I didn't see it. I didn't see it at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's a twist ending that Draco was a bad kid. <laughs> uh, no, no, I mean, that's not the first impression I got of him. Obviously, whenever I kept reading onto the next few pages, yes, mm. I, I, you know, I didn't I didn't like him. But Where did this come from? It's like left field. This is, this is writer's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean the first impression, like, okay, you know, I'm reading this book for the first time, and I, you know, I'm like, okay, there's, yeah, this guy might, you know, this kid might seem kind of shady, but I didn't think he was. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, you, anyway. you were wrong. <laughs> okay, I know I was wrong. I'm wrong about everything. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's all of the uh, that's all the characters we have for our first impressions, and we'll continue this series on. I think that was that was fun. 
Um, sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, that was fun. Well, we'll we're going to continue and talk about some other characters, maybe even places. We'll slip places into it or something like that. I didn't know. I couldn't even tell from the first writing that Hogwarts was a school for wizards. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> Total surprise. <laughs> anyway, let's go ahead and move on to a game we have for you this week. This is called This or That. And basically, we give two choices, and the person has to pick which one of those two they would like. It, it Describe why they would like that choice. So, Grayson, your two choices this week are music class with Professor Flitwick. Or detention with Lockhart. Which one would you rather do? How is that even a real question? I mean, <laughs> would I rather, like have a class where I learn something, or be in detention with a narcissistic, self-righteous author? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I guess. Okay, look. If I if I'm stuck in music class, learning about you know wizard music history, that's a little boring. But if I'm in there playing the electric guitar or the magical electric guitar, then then yeah, I'm I'm in music class for sure. Like there's no question, but if I'm playing something stupid, or if we're doing some old, you know, some old wizard piece that I don't want to do, then I'd rather be in detention. But I think almost no one in the right mind would say I'd rather be in detention than just in a class, <laughs> because I mean, have what? Like at least, at least the music. Okay, the music class will be boring, but it has the possibility of being exciting and fun and actually learning something. The detention is just boring and not learning anything, just hurting my hands. So, <laughs> I don't understand why I would want to do that. So, yeah, I, I don't know, because, you know, it's. I don't think you're very musically inclined. <laughs> hey, you heard me earlier. <laughs> Welcome to Hawkins Radio. We got... <laughs> good. Yeah, I, I'm not choosing detention. Okay. Yeah, hell with that. <laughs> right. Okay, Marissa, this one's for you. It's a Snape's potions cabinet completely stocked full of all of his little ingredients or unrestricted yeah. access to the restricted section of the library that's a tongue twister <laughs> <laughs> um see i i would struggle between these two being a chemistry major uh-huh the completely stocked potions cabinet sounds amazing mm. um just because everything is right there at my hands, I don't have to order anything, go through all those hoops or anything. Well, I mean, I think all the weird, rare stuff he has too that you couldn't even get from a catalog. Like Veritasium, ooh, yeah, or, yeah, like or just like do anything, or like, make any potion, like wizard cocaine. <laughs> See, but then again, like, what good is all these rare and interesting items going to do for me if I don't have the potions book that I need to follow, which I could get from the restricted section of the library? But couldn't you get that by getting? I mean, because you think about it, it's much easier to to get a note from a teacher for a book than it is to break into Snape's office and steal his stuff. Well, yeah, Lockhart's my teacher. Well, <laughs> yeah, true. But I mean, but if you ask, I mean, I think if you ask McGonagall, like, hey, I really want to do this, then you could you could probably get it done. It's for research yeah. purposes. <laughs> oh. But you can never ever convince anybody, hey, I, I need to break into Snape's potion cabinet really quick just to get a few things. That would never happen. I don't know. That's true. So I guess I'm gonna have to go with the potion cabinet, but uh, but there's yeah, just so much just information gonna really though. Befriend, I need to just get to be good friends with the professor and be like, hey, uh, by the way, good luck a with thing that. That I'm reading about. Well, I mean, yeah, you'll never be friends with Snape, that's for sure. So at least you can possibly <laughs> be friends with McGonagall or Flitwick or somebody like that who can sign your paper. I mean, it's at least a stronger possibility, but. I don't know. You think you think though that, like, that you think that Snape lets his, lets his favorites kind of dip into his potion stash though? Probably. Yeah, maybe. Like, you think Draco's like, "Hey, man, I need to hook me up, <laughs> hook a brother up." You think he lets him? 
I mean, that happens in real life. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Like being a chemistry major, <laughs> but I've done that. Like I've not done it for my personal gain, but I work uh, a lot with. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> like I was a demo coordinator in our chemistry club at my undergraduate alma mater. Uh-huh. Um, and so I would go in and talk to the stockroom manager and be like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this demo this week. And he's like, all right, here's the key to the stockroom. Get what you need. I, nice. I just imagine that, like, like the Daily Prophet the next day, like, scandal at Hogwarts. <laughs> Snape, <laughs> Snape gives students free access to his potions. <laughs> potions ingredients. And they got but Draco, like, 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 nose candy up there and <laughs> dipping in. See, that's where the difference comes in. If it was someone like Draco, he would not use it for the benefit of everyone right. else. But someone like me, like I, I can like legitimately be trusted because I'm, I'm a good kid. Plus I mean, little, what can plus, I say? Plus a little on the side. All right, Terrence, here's yours. How about you have to fight a dragon with only a rock, or cuddle a blasted scroot for five hours? What the hell? I'm screwed either way. <laughs> <laughs> You're screwed either way, huh? I'm screwed either way. Yeah, I really am. Yeah, exactly. Well, so is that. my mind sucked too. <laughs> so take this. <laughs> Man. Wait, question: How big is the rock? Uh, it's it's uh big enough to hold in two hands, and he can propel it upwards into the dragon if he oh, tries. Oh yeah, maybe. That's like throwing. <laughs> we need an answer, Terrence. <laughs> okay. I would. You know, I I would take my chances with the dragon. I really? would. Really? Yeah, I would because you know, dragon they're 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 big. That means they can't move very fast. And I'm pretty small, so I can move a little bit quicker. So I can use the edge of the rock to, you know, make their lives a living hell. <laughs> I don't know if I could kill. You know, you could just run and, and like, like cut the, the hell out of They can't breathe fire. You know that, right? I, I do know that. Thank you Fast very much. You could probably run, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm probably screwed either way. Thanks a lot. I imagine that you start with this grand plan. You start like, all right, I'm going to run with this rock. And, and you start running. And then you stop in your tracks like a cartoon. And you just all of a sudden become all, all burnt. <laughs> like Wile E. Coyote kind of thing. And uh, then you just fall to the ground as ashes. Great. Yeah. Great. Like, yeah, just your eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your eyes yeah, 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 the only yeah. thing left. And then yeah, all you like hear sign, in the background. Have a sign that says like, like, a sign that says something like, oh, like what do, they, what do those signs say? Ouch. Like, like, like ouch, yeah, ouch. <laughs> and then you hear the dragon in the background going, meep, meep. It's <laughs> 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 a dragon. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Before we get out of here this week, Marissa, you got a fantastic beast for us this week? Of course. So this one is the Doug Bog. It's got a Ministry of Magic classification triple X, which I believe is, you know, a competent wizard can handle it. Um, but it's a marsh dwelling magical creature found in Europe and North and South America. You know, South America is like regular America, but South. That okay? That, okay. Nobody's seen up. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, uh. <laughs> anyway, uh, it resembles a piece of dead wood while stationary, and it has finned paws and sharp teeth, and it glides through the marshland, feeding on small animals and occasionally attacking the ankles of humans who venture into its habitat. Its favorite food is the mandrake, and due to this, mandrake growers have found their plants nothing more than a bloody mess when they pull them out of the ground. <laughs> that is that awesome. That is really gross. That is so cool. <laughs> Can you imagine just pulling um, a half-eaten mandrake out of the ground? <laughs> that is so, so cool. Gross. That's sweet. Awesome. Like, oh, these uh, mandrakes are coming in really nice. It's, oh, my God! <laughs> <laughs> We uh, 
we see this in the series um, during Harry's sixth year. Ron is supposed to be writing an essay on resisting Dementors. Um, and remember, this is when Snape was teaching Defense Against the Dark Arts. But mm-hmm. he has his spell check quill. And instead of talking about Dementors in his essay, he is talking about Doug Boggs. That's the Sweet. Doug Bog. Mandrake Killer. That should be its name. Not Doug Bog. The Mandrake Killer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that that's is just, so that's cool! So though. gross. I mean, imagine like pulling a mandrake out and it's just like the head. <laughs> yes. well, I mean, I'm assuming that, but, but that, that kind of renders it the mandrake ineffective, though, doesn't it? Because I mean, you, like the mandrake doesn't have a body to scream with anymore, so you're, you're saved. So the so the dug bog is really a hero. Because I mean, ho- what if horror of horrors? I pull up a, a root, think it's like a, a plant I'm going to eat, and it's a mandrake, and it kills me. But thanks to the hero- heroism of the dug bog, the mandrake is now rendered useless. Or a muggle tries to dig up something and they just find an arm. That'd be sweet. <laughs> I mean, do you think that they could see that, though? Do you think that I could, I could, I could actually see them? Do you, <laughs> do you think they can see the matrix? I mean, I would assume, it's like, a plant, of course. But, but, no, but I mean, like, like, think about it. I can, you can't see anything else in the magical world. So why, like, why are they able yes, to see that? Yes, you can. It's just like they can't ancestrals see and stuff that you can't see. They can't see the mentors either. They can't see the, the grounds at Hogwarts. Well, the grounds of Hogwarts is different. There's spells on that. There's spells on Mandrakes, I'm sure. I disagree. Maybe. Maybe. Never know. (laughs) Uh, There's spells on Mandrakes. Mandrakes? We want to (laughs) know. Send us an email. Mandrake of McDonald's. (laughs) Job title. Sometimes I wish that we just had J.K. Rowling like on this, like we just had her. Just like someone on the side, like like like, like kind of like on the, in the NFL where they have the guy their portrait on the sideline, you know, like checking in with Bob on the sidelines there. What do you got there, Bob? We can actually just ask Jake Rowling for her information, and she can just throw it in. We can just stop talking about whatever we're talking about. There you go. That'd be sweet. Let's let's hire. It would that. become irrelevant. No, but I mean, but yeah, that'd be sweet though. <laughs> Twenty minute podcast, an hour and a half, like we've done today. <laughs> oh, I also like the fact that they attack the ankles of humans. I think yeah. that's cool. It's like a dog. <laughs> my dog does that bastard <laughs> <laughs> anyway I think it is about time to get out of here this week um, as always we would like to hear from you the listener so send us an email to staff at hogwartsradio.com we'd be more than happy to read it on the program make sure you also follow us on our, on our community outlets online such as Facebook Twitter and our all new Google Plus page which I designed myself that's right you can also stay up to date with the episodes as they're released you can subscribe to Hogwarts Radio on iTunes or listen online at harrypotter.libsing.com. And, of course, don't forget to check out mugglenet.com for all of your latest and most accurate Harry Potter news. <laughs> Apologies to Dumbles. That's all we have time this week. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. Once again, I'm Terrence Pinkston. I'm the Mandrake Slayer. I'm an ankle biter. And we will be back next week for episode 167. Bye bye. Bye bye. Sorry, I was eaten by a, a dug bog there. That's the sound of Pine Martin makes. That was bloody brilliant. Codswallop. What's what's the thing that? Oh my God! What's the thing that we used to have with the brain? Human? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. The old joke that came from episode 100. Oh, the loaf thing. Loaf! Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Loaf.
Terrence crying reminded me of that. No one's crying. In the chamber of secrets. Shut your ass, dude. <laughs> He's always crying for some reason. I am not always crying. I cry for you, Mr. Smith. Yeah. Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Hogwarts Radio. We got fun and games. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Let's do it again. I'm going to do it this time. Just let him start that way. Just yeah. Do, yeah. Instead of the old normal yeah. one. Now it'll be this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, since Terrence is uh, indisposed, hello everyone. Welcome to Hard Rock Radio. <laughs> we have a great show lined up for you today. We got a lot of cool news and cool, oh fun games God. and discussions. You went from rock and roll to NPR. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and he goes a little smooth jazz today. <laughs> I'm Ivor Glass. Grayson. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm 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 a multi-talented oh, and multi-faceted uh, artist, there, Marissa. Oh, yeah, you got a good face for radio. Yeah, I really do. I have a great face for radio. <laughs> great crotch for rock and roll. <laughs> no. All right. Well. Oh shit. Okay. That's a good intro. Please, can I? Can I, I? I'll keep that in if we can just please continue. Okay, but okay. but don't don't say it hard radio again because I I I'm, I will sing the song over you again if you do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome to the Walkers Radio. <laughs> <laughs> there, go on. Be, be professional and boring. Let's do it. Thank you. <laughs> this is not what I signed up for, Terry. This is not rock and roll. 